0: wolverines this is your speaker special subi back to you today with chapter 18 in the amsco publication book titled urban location theory and interaction today we're going to be covering things including points of analysis connections i made some i believe statements how i would cover the books and i'm going to of course announce the catchphrase winners from last week who entered and submitted their catchphrase for this week so let's get started of analysis I'm going to be covering today is megacities. Megacities, according to the IMSCO publication book, are the world's largest cities and typically have more than 10 million people. These urban giants often exert an influence that is felt regionally and sometimes worldwide. This influence is due to the size of their population, but in other cases, their influence is derived as much as from their political, economic, cultural powers, and occasionally social. So today I'm going to be talking about some Mega cities. Two very popular megacities are both Mumbai and Hong Kong. Mumbai was one of the five that were in South America when they started in like approximately 2015 and it was one of the 30 largest metropolitan areas. In fact, right now... Hong Kong's is so big that they might even have to do another one that has twenty million people instead of just ten million, which might be called Meta Cities. And in approximately forty years, Mumbai is gonna be bigger than Hong Kong. This means that the population is going to be so big in certain areas, and this also means back to what we're learning in the video we watched, that there's going to be more slums unless the government takes action on this. Today, another point I'll be covering is shifting trends. Shifting trends is when a group of people or like a big gang migrates during a certain period of time. An example would be World War II. Right after World War II, there was a lot of reurbanization, exurbanization, where a lot of people were felt lost or they were gone from one place to another. And so there was the most prominent changes. And especially during like in urban areas since there were more industrial things occurring there. Speaking of urban areas, urban area is an area or city with high concentrations of people. Typically, that is where the mass majority of the people will be located. In addition to that, main features such as, for instance, a lot of car companies or grocery stores will be there since the mass majority of the people are also residing there. else I'm going to be covering today is the difference between urban, suburbs, and rural. Rural. So, this is also in the front of chapter 18 and on page 301, the first page, but I'm going to go more in-depth into it. So, urban areas are cities with highly concentrations of people. Urban means in or pertaining to a city. Suburban, sub means below or under, and urban means Pertaining to a city, rural, on the other hand, is the old French word ruralis, which means a lessly densely populated people. In other words, if a less dense populated people are located there, that means they have a low concentration of people, which is the exact opposite of urban. Suburbs, on the other hand, are prim- primarily residential areas near cities. Example of urban area is Boston. The city of Boston itself is the urban area. The bordering towns where there is still pu- public transportation, people commuting to Boston's, are the suburb areas. And the rural areas are the people where there's no, like, not many people and there's very little population. mentioned earlier about an example of sub-urbanization was World War II. This reminded me of what we learned in humanities. Two days ago in humanities, we were learning about the causes and effects of World War II. There we learned how people often felt or they were relocated from their homes, they were in search of their family members, maybe they were seeking a place safe for them, maybe they wanted to go back to their hometown. And for this reason, there was a big shifting trend where people would move from one place to another. Among these were economic expansion, greater purchasing powers for many families, the growth of a car-centered lifestyle, and the power for many families as I stated previously. I believe that early city-states and majority of the urban hurts were founded near big and bold landscapes that were useful for the people because in the chapter of chapter 18 it states that a city state had its own political system and functioned independently from other city states the population in the surrounding villages and territory received services and protection from the urban city because of the wealth of these cities they were often raided by other groups as a result defense was primarily consideration and military leaders evolved into political rulers known as kings so this shows that because of like a lot of territory issues. Landscape was a big boundary back then. Rather than geometrical boundaries, which we learned in our previous unit, natural boundaries were more effective. This is why some of the urban hurts included the Nile River and the Nile Delta in modern Egypt, the Indus River in modern Pakistan, and the Huangqi floodplain in China. These were all, most of them were water which is where a lot of people would use water or rivers which is where a lot of people use water for their convenience so a lot of people were located near the river which made it one of the urban places in addition to that places such as the valley and that floodplain were attracted or attracted a large group of people therefore making it highly concentrated with people. is very important, especially with the current days and the current political events, where there's a variety of contrasting opinions based on particularly cities where they have alternating opinions, including the areas, the variety of people, the cultural interests, sexual orientation, languages spoken, professional pursuits, and other characteristics that are present. Because of these new things, such as people speaking out their freedom of their cultural interest or their political interest, there are a lot of arguments going around, and sometimes this leads to worldwide hatred. This is important because, while this is a good thing, it allows people to voice their opinion, it allows people to express who they are show their interests and be who they want to be it also is a bad thing because sometimes people take advantage of this I believe that social heterogeneity is a good thing personally because like I stated earlier it allows people to express who they are before when people weren't given the ability to voice their cultural interests they often went against and rebelled against their government this never ended out well for instance Let's look when the Indians got taken away and were put in the trail tier. During this time, we still remember till this day what occurred and we can always bring it up. This was when we took someone else's culture away. Nowadays though, Native Indians are given preferences and they are given the opportunity that they were never given before. In addition to that, diversity in languages spoken also allows special cities to be recognized for that. It's particular in high cities. For instance, everyone knows about Korea. Recently, Korea's population has been growing and (laughs) Southern Korea's population especially has been having a big shift trend when they have been moving A lot of people to countries such as United States of America and London. Because of their huge population there, a lot of their culture, cultural interest and languages spoken, such as Korean and K-pop nowadays, are getting put into pop culture and being transferred to other countries such as Mexico and the United States. Like I previously stated, in Humanities we learn about the causes and effects of World War II, some of which were very detrimental, that led to shift trends and people migrating to urban areas. Another thing I learned was, like I said again before, was the AP Hug documentary which taught me about mega cities and mega cities. Another thing, another connection I'm going to be shown today is the world cities. Cities such as New York, London, Tokyo, and Paris are world cities or global cities. This means that they influence people beyond their boundaries. For instance, Paris. Paris is known. It is worldwide known for whether it's the Eiffel Tower or it is all all the things there. On the other hand, Germany, it is known for watches, but it's not as widely known or as popular known as paris or instance let's or for instance let's take new york there are so many headquarters in new york and a lot of trade that occurs occurs in tokyo tokyo is big time known for trade and recently london has become a big hub to find new job interests and in addition to that to voice your opinion a lot of new companies are founded in london because of the opportunities the citizens are given there another thing i also learned was infrastructure we learn in humanities how the infrastructure altered as the ages went by and how before the roads were different the houses were different and adapt to how many people were there, how big the family was, and how the family lowered in number of members and all that. This leads me to how I would create a book cover for this chapter, chapter 18, and how it would look like. If I were to create a book cover, I would show a spiral in which there would be an alteration of time periods every 10 years labeled and within each it would show a tiny city and how the city changed in infrastructure because one can know a lot about a city just through its infrastructure and how advanced it is technologically speaking and how the population is and how it is advancement society and how open they are and what kind of city it is. For instance, if it was all organized in one way, you know that the government is pretty strict and you are not allowed to build your own homes. On other hands, if you see areas such as slums, you'll know that the government might not give too much attention to the poor citizens in that specific location. Maybe if you see all upscale places, you know that it's very modern, there's technological advancement, and... Priority there is how the place looks like. So that means they have money and the finance to be able to do that. So there were very few catchphrases entries this time, which made me very disappointed. But some of them included global cities, worldwide impact. Another one that I really liked personally was measure the metro area. This is because... They wrote an explanation underneath where they said that metro cities are a collection of adjacent cities across which population density is high and continuous is a metropolitan city, also referred to as a metro city. This means that when you measure the higher it is, the better it is. And the final one was special social sorry, special social heterogeneity. This is because everything, every place is special because of their social heterogeneity. But the winner of the week was urban places like Durban, which is by the way durban is a port city in eastern south africa on the indian ocean it's a resort and industrial center another one was rural more like people without the plural this is because rural areas are farms and villages with low concentrations of people and it's like saying that there's less people in it so that's all folks thank you so much for signing in today this was a very difficult chapter to read and dissect but after reading it twice, I was able to grasp majority of it. But I think I'm still going to go over it once and I might include another podcast. So make sure to check that one out too. And make sure to check out week 19 next week with your special speaker, Subi, signing out this week.